Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage. This is the podcast about weather experiments, hot dog condiments, ranked choice voting, tiny houses, and the law. New Hampshire law, that is. Each week we talk about a bill with an upcoming hearing or vote in the New Hampshire legislature, give you the unbiased facts, pros and cons, and tell you how to get involved. I'm Anna Brown, Director of Research and Analysis for Citizens Count. And I'm Mike Dunbar, Content Editor for Citizens Count. Anna, so we're going to be talking about embalming today. That's uh, a little macabre, but (laughs) I guess that's, I mean, there seems to be an audience in podcast land for that kind of content. So maybe this is a good move for us. Yeah, maybe we'll tap into the the hordes of true crime listeners, which would include myself. And I feel like for many of us that that goes back to our childhood with like those mummy books. I know there was that one book that I always loved, the picture book about how you become a mummy. And that in a way is really a form of embalming. It's a form of preserving the deceased. And so this has been going on for millennia. Embalming uses chemicals to slow down the process of decomposition, even more than refrigeration. After a loved one dies, it's often used for an open casket visitation or a funeral in the United States. It's very common. Not so common in other countries. Religions, including Judaism and Islam, consider embalming a desecration of the body and forbid it. Right. And I understand that some environmentalists also object to embalming because of the use of chemicals, particularly formaldehyde. The last few years, especially in New Hampshire, I've been hearing about green burials, which generally reject end-of-life practices that can harm the environment, such as burning fossil fuels for cremation or using a vault with non-biodegradable material, stuff like that. So now we arrive at the bill, and this is another New Hampshire bill that starts with a young person, which is pretty cool. New Hampshire high school senior Anya Nickel learned about green burials as part of a class assignment on sustainability, and now she is working towards her Girl Scout Gold Award, which is kind of equivalent to an Eagle Scout, and she's doing this by advocating for the right to a green burial in New Hampshire. When Nichols started researching New Hampshire laws related to green burials, she received conflicting answers from town officials and funeral directors about what is allowed in state law. So Nichol contacted Rep. Jerry Knurk, who is a Democrat from Freedom, New Hampshire, and he filed a bill to repeal New Hampshire's one state law that requires embalming RSA 325-40-A. So... Don't need to remember that number. The law says no dead human body shall be exposed to the public for a period in excess of 24 hours unless said body is properly embalmed. Yeah, and that seems straightforward enough, but there's actually disagreement about what exactly that law requires. So according to members of the public who testified at the hearing for this bill, some funeral directors tell family that this law requires embalming for all burials. However, other funeral directors testified that the law only requires embalming if there's a public viewing. Families can reject embalming for private and family services. So it's sort of like, how do you read that wording exactly? Supporters of Knurk's bill, HB 1320, argue that repealing this law will make it clear that granistators do not have to consent to embalming after a loved one dies, whether they have religious or environmental or other concerns. To be clear, funeral homes and cemeteries could still set their own policies related to embalming. They just couldn't claim the state law requires it. Right. And opponents of HB 1320 expressed concern that repealing this law would lead family members to make misguided decisions about embalming a loved one after death. Eric Rochette, a current member of the New Hampshire State Board of Funeral Directors and Embalmers, 
submitted written testimony opposing HB 1320, and he wrote that the human body undergoes not only physical changes, but chemical changes as well once it stopped functioning. These include, but are not limited to, discoloration and gas buildup. If any of the members of this committee has ever had the unfortunate chance to see a deceased person that has been gone longer than 24 hours unembalmed, then you understand exactly the reason it's necessary to embalm for public or even private viewing. Supporters of HB 1320 countered that refrigeration is enough to slow down decomposition. And this turned into one of those only in New Hampshire moments in the public hearing. One senator noted that his wife recently bought a standing rib roast and the recipe said to leave it out on the counter for several hours to get to room temperature. And he wanted to know why funeral directors couldn't be so precise about how long it's safe to leave out a body. Then there was conversation about butchering processes and whether organ donation is similar. And I kept on thinking about Mary Roach's book titled Stiff. That book is all about the different things that happen to your body after death. It is one of the most darkly hilarious pieces of nonfiction I have ever read, and I highly recommend it. All right, well then, here's another topic that Mary Roach may have touched on. Supporters and opponents of HB 1320 also disagreed on whether embalming protects public health. According to the World Health Organization, human remains only pose a substantial risk to health in a few special cases, such as death from cholera, hemorrhagic fevers. In other words, while decomposition of a human body may be upsetting, it is not necessarily dangerous to people nearby. In fact, if someone dies of a disease like HIV or tuberculosis, it might actually be safer for funeral workers to leave the body intact rather than go through the embalming process. On the other hand, again, some funeral directors expressed concern about the potential health risk of a family member embracing or even kissing an unembalmed body during a viewing. I know you go to funerals and, and wakes and those things, and, and it's very emotional. And they say embalming essentially, quote unquote, disinfects the body of whatever, anything that could be bad. Right. And it's important to note here that even if HB 1320 becomes law, there will still be barriers to green burial in New Hampshire. For example, most local cemeteries still require vaults. However, the debate over HB 1320 could open the door to more green burials in the Granite State. Anna, if I have an opinion about this bill, HB 1320, what should I do? You should contact your state senator. They are next to vote on the bill. You can start by finding who represents you at citizenscount.org. Click elected officials in the navigation bar, then select your town from the drop-down menu, and we show a list of everyone who represents you, including your state senator. All right. Well, it's time for only in New Hampshire, although that earlier bit about the standing rib roast definitely seems like it should count as an only in New Hampshire. We haven't done that part of the show yet. So, Anna, close us out with a story that is only in New Hampshire. I want us to take it back a few years to 2015 to another debate. This bill was HB 410, and its purpose was to repeal the law prohibiting the sale or purchase of human organs in New Hampshire. In other words, there was a bill that was saying, you should be able to sell your kidney. <laughs> there are actually federal laws prohibiting this, so the bill mostly would have been symbolic. The bill sponsor, Rep. Dan McGuire, argued that it might incentivize more people to become organ donors. We've all heard about the long waiting list for organ transplants. Very sad. Of course, there are concerns about how this might create some sort of perverse incentives for people who are strapped for cash and selling parts of their body. So yeah, that, that bill was killed, did not become law, still totally, definitely, completely illegal to sell any of your body parts. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a uh, sustainable business model to sell off your organs one by one. Well, I didn't do a deep dive, but evidently it is legal in Iran. 
So that could potentially be a, a model policy if anyone ever wants to really, really <laughs> dive into that. We, I mean, we, Maybe that's not where we should be looking for model policies. No. In, Fun in fact, though, I also was I was reading more about our laws related to funeral directors and everything. And there's there's also laws that prevent people from selling deceased human bodies. Just to be clear, you also can't really do that. So, you know, this goes back to the 19th century when people would dig up recently buried graves and sell the corpses to medical schools. And those people were called resurrectionists, which is <laughs> a really cool term for something that was pretty scummy. That That is also illegal. Also illegal, but not only in New Hampshire. Pretty sure that's illegal everywhere, possibly even Iran, but I'd have to double check. <laughs> All right. Well, keep that in mind, folks listening at home. That wraps it up for today's episode, but you can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting. Our theme music was composed by me, Mike Dunbar. And lastly, we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes New Hampshire by the people, for the people. Mm-hmm.